Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, crappy quiz and a slight tangent. World Cup B is growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) As a name. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave for your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Now then, you're welcome along. Monday evening, we are busy. We have Monday Night Rugby at 8 o'clock. Jerry Thornley and Fiona Hayes on the weekend's action. Colin Boyle will join us at half past seven. The league done yesterday. Championship here in just five days is the state of affairs in GA at the moment. Pat Nevin is well with us. 4-1 wins for Manchester City and Arsenal, respectively. John Stones, midfield maestro. We have Graham Potter and Brendan Rodgers sacked. And Manchester United woeful against Newcastle yesterday as well. So Pat Nevin will join us after 953106, the text number. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Good evening. Hello, Michael. Good evening, Joe. And Richie McCormick as well. Hello to you. That's uh, so crack. Ooh, a lot of sport to get on top of. From the weekend that was a lot going on. Is super. Yeah, I think April. If I was to pinpoint a month where it's just unworkable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's, do you know it's what? April. They just like they, all these organisations need to get together because last week was missable. You can't be having weekends like that. Like you know, you need to have, you know, you need to have weekends where you know you're you're able to possibly catch your breath, but you still can watch sport at any given time. Mm. This week was just there was no breath drawn. No, it was problem. tough. It was tough. Even, I mean, and it was it was early Saturday morning or well afternoon, half past 12. Morning now, in my world. Joe, it's morning in your world. I don't know for how much longer. For me, hanging around waiting for that half 12 kickoff <laughs> on a Saturday is the only time I have. I'm up for the five hours of that stage. Well, it was Durban. A world lived. And Manchester. Yeah. The water slide in Durban. <laughs> that was your real highlight. Caught my eye. The weekend. Yeah, yeah it was fun. If you didn't see that, they had a water slide for the kids at the stadium behind the goals. I found those two games being on simultaneously a nuisance, to be honest, because oh, yeah. I kind of was wasn't in a position to like double screen, so I was flicking between the two, kind of seeing nothing, and then both games sort of ended at the same time. So like City got their third goal around the time that Sharks kind of just put it away. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether they went three scores ahead, maybe at, at that point in the second half, and it, then it was then it wasn't worth watching either of them, you know. So it was kind of a I, I found it a, an unfulfilling experience. Well, it was unfulfilling uh, for Munster. They were badly done. Uh, their front row was exposed. Their scrum was exposed. They were torn apart at the breakdown. Uh, Sharks. It was suddenly as, as as the game really came, uh, you know, into view, and you realised, oh, Mapimpi, oh, Lukanyuam. Etzebeth, yeah. Khaleesi. Actually, these are very, very good. Yeah. And Munster are ill-equipped in several areas and they were torn apart, is the honest truth. To be fair, the heat was absolutely a factor. Absolutely a factor. But it was a chastening day for uh, Munster and meanwhile, chastening day for Liverpool at the same time. Pep Guardiola, we'll, we'll talk about it with Pat Nevin. I mean, he's bloody interesting. I know occasionally he overthinks it and does something mad, often yeah. on a Champions League evening. But I was, uh, in so much as I could, watching the game and thinking, it is an amazing time to be watching somebody this brilliant and interesting managing a team with the resources that he has. It's almost not fair at times, but it's bloody interesting. So if you didn't see the game, it was Ake, Ruben Diaz, Sakanji as a back three. And I guess John Stones, you know, at times he was dropping into the defensive line, but it was like a, a, a square of Stones and Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan, who was brilliant. Uh, Mares and Grealish on the wings and Alvarez through the middle and you know whatever so 
we can review it afterwards. We can analyze it afterwards. We can make sense of it afterwards. Whatever way he's able to predict mm, the visualize. way to, to tear a team apart. I mean, it, it was just a joy to watch. They were so good. I mean, they really were so good. Uh, Grealish said, I feel like myself again. Uh, he's he's back in a big way. Yeah, Grealish uh, was very good, I have to say. I've been a bit sceptical of all the praise that he's been getting again. And likewise with Guardiola, it is sometimes difficult to fully appreciate the good work because of the resources and because of the fact that I'm sure it's easy to experiment with interesting formations when you've been able to buy any player you've ever wanted in the time that he's been in charge there. However, I do agree with your point. I think like that that is something that we, you know, we see things on a regular basis that if we if we have seen before, we haven't seen many times before. No. And there's only probably one manager doing that. I appreciate that. Oh, well, I mean, depends on who you listen to but uh, Cruyff built the cathedral to use Pep's analogy now he's added a few extensions yeah to say the least there's a text in it's tough as it's ever been to uh, not to condemn all that's wrong with Man City Um, but (coughs) what a performance what a team for all that he can annoy Guardiola is an absolute genius this is true and Peter and Galway all things being equal Pep is lucky not to have gotten a shove minimum for celebrating in front of those Liverpool players way way over the line says Peter he didn't celebrate in front of them that would have been fine he literally put his hand out for like a high five from Simicus it was disgraceful behaviour it was really petty childish typical Pep and then when he's asked about it he's all affronted oh how dare you say this to me was he not just a bit lost in the moment no Oh, so he sees a he Liverpool did. player and puts his hand out and says, "Yeah, look at my team. Well done. Give me congratulations." Was that a degree? He's an of- arsehole. Okay, sorry. Come on. <laughs> that was be- and hard to argue with. And that. then you have Micah Richards on defending it because he's not allowed to say any- on match of the day because he's not allowed to say anything bad about match of the day. I have a few bees in my bonnet about that particular moment in the weekend. Oh, well, and sorry. Um, on. The, the BBC with like I think it was Mark Chapman, wasn't it? Yeah. Who I I, I would have Chapman over Lineker as an aside, but that's not that's not what we're talking about. That's no. a, that is a tangent. Um, he did say to, he sort of said to um, Michael Richards well so I and it was like they leaned into the joke it was well I can't even ask you about it oh the fact that they the fact that they find it hilarious that yeah. uh, he won't do his it's job gone, it's gone too that far that he refuses to do his job is this like gas thing no, it's, it's like hold far. on a second all be these, annoyed with him at all least these club ambassadors because they yeah. joked oh Michael you're not making eye contact and then it was just big laugh and I kind of thought yeah. you know I get it's all fun and games Richie but at the same time I have a, like, a pundit on bit strange uh, more importantly Jason in Dublin Richie says mm. Joe it's Masters week why aren't we talking about the Masters oh God, well oh indeed ah, hang on even you you can't be down on the Masters are you I'm not down on the Masters but it's Monday so let's you know let's we'll all wait till Tuesday Monday, yeah. is Ma- Mon- Monday is Masters week it's one of the best uh, days of Masters week Masters week starts on Thursday when the actual Masters starts big preview tomorrow night Joe Paul McGinley oh yeah well do you know what actually the Golf Weekly fraternity, uh, they picked oh, their wow. moments. Nathan Murphy, unavailable all week. Fionn Davenport, unavailable all week. Me and Peter, Peter Laurie uh, uh, staring into the abyss. So we've just called in a couple of replacements. Padraig Harrington, Gary Murphy, hour long, maybe two hour long, maybe three hour long uh, replacements. So we're better off without <laughs> yeah. them, I say. Watching Porrick during the, at the weekend. Oh, he's very good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very Flying, good. Especially on very Thursday. Good. Yeah, yeah. Tenth, I think he finished, but didn't get him into the Masters, which means he's on golf weekly. <laughs> 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 <I know. laughs> Podrick, you must be thrilled to be here. 
Uh, so Brennan Rogers to Chelsea would be hilarious, says Luke, Celtic fan. The Graham Potter situation, sad to see. I am torn on it. Can his softly, softly style really cut it at the top level? I don't think so. That's I don't Frank know about that. Thurless. That's, that's too much made of that. Too Way much, too much made of that. Although, can and, we... And the, go on, and sorry. The, and the, and the, main, the, main, the main thing about that whole Chelsea situation is they have taken the long way around and spent an awful lot of money, be it the compensation they would have paid up to uh, their previous manager, to Thomas Tuchel, to the compensation they paid Brighton, to the hundreds upon hundreds of millions that they paid to different clubs in January to effectively hand a Champions League rival a Champions League winning manager for nothing. It's just, whatever, 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 like whatever talk about Todd Bowley's experience in football, I've no idea how he made money in the first place because if that's his level of business acumen, like it's a mystery how that man ever made money. It's just... Godsmacking. Yeah. I mean, they they actually can. I, I blame myself. I, I, I like. I feel like an idiot because they did. They got me hook, line, and sinker with it. No, this is holistic, long term, five year deal. This is a different regime. <laughs> As I, I always <laughs> spend weeks saying to Patnam, I hear this is a different regime. <laughs> so more fool me. But in some respects, in Graham Potter, in Graham uh, Potter, because I, I don't blame Potter because Potter is what he is. Uh, he fit the profile of what they are aspiring to be. They were aspiring to be stable and sensible and logical and follow a process of improvement. That is Graham Potter. But they behaved like a nouveau riche club on steroids. I mean, just in January, they signed nine players for nearly 400 million euro. I mean, match of the day, uh, two had to put up photos of all the Chelsea signings under Todd Bowley and it took two full screens. Yeah. So you don't you don't go for Graham Potter if that's how you're going to behave. That's fair, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, and to the Texas original point, I think Graham Potter's career definitely has another act and then possibly another act again at a higher club, you know, after I think you he'll think be so? a success next time. Yeah, no, I do. I think he's done now at Champions League level. Ah, no, I don't. You'll get another chance. I think this. I think that Chelsea will be seen for what they are, which is a basket case. Will Brendan Rodgers get another chance? At, at, at like, Liverpool? At that level, yeah. I think... No. It's different to Potter? Yeah, sorry, Richie. I know you're trying to come in there. I couldn't quite hear you, but uh, like I think Brendan Rodgers' media persona and personality, I think, did, works against them to a certain po- degree. Did, po- did Potter not start start to lose himself a touch with the well, fact maybe? The but I don't think I don't think anything. It's just because you got a haircut doesn't put him on like <laughs> Brendan Rodgers' level of of like the that Liverpool documentary at the time and stuff. So I think you that might have worked against Rodgers. Okay. Mm. The three seconds of praise Mick gave to Jack Grealish, uh, the equivalent of a Ballon d'Or coming from him, says Martin <laughs> Carey. Look, I've always known how good a footballer Jack Grealish is. Uh, can I go back for one second, though, to the Guardiola thing? Please. Because yeah. the, and the, like, the, the disrespect of it for me is like, this is the problem with Guardiola. It's all the things you talk about as a football manager. Yeah. I find it so hard to look past the fact that he is this kind of like... And maybe it is just caught in the moment, but his instincts are to be an arsehole. I wasn't going to use the word again, yeah, and I, I, could, I wasn't able to find a, a, an alternative, but yeah, you've, you've said it for me. His instinct is to be that in the moment, and yeah, okay. then to get angry about people calling him out on it. And I think that's, you know, you have to you judge people on what they do in that moment, you know? Like Jurgen Klopp does it as well, let's face it. Not, not to that extent. I don't think he's done it with opposition, but he's done it in terms of running on the pitch and different things as well. But I do think you reveal yourself in those moments. The issue oh, with the, the Guardiola thing on Saturday was the passivity with which the Liverpool players kind of took that. They kind of just looked at him and walked past him. They were so I just went, 
they're so beaten. They're just like, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, you're better than us. It was just so, like if you're in that situation, you kind of you can, react in some way. You don't I just walk by. Can I just clarify? So I'm definitely right about what happened. My sense of it is why I think you're being a touch harsh on him is that the goal happened and he just started celebrating wildly and, and, and went to turn back to the pitch, at which point Simiscas was yeah. walking towards him. And, and so he kind of kept celebrating. And then another player walked and I think he put out the hand not to like goad but to almost say no malice intended yeah he didn't yeah, shake his hand or pat him on the back though he put his hands out as if like the like a goal <laughs> celebration as if he was going to Congrat- congratulate you know I mean? me it was a goal celebration it was looking for a kind of like a slap down on the hands okay which you know and, and look maybe that is what Pep is actually doing is what you're saying but how it looked was oh look at that man how good was that <laughs> okay Bro. Okay. I don't know if he uses those words. Bro. Huh. <laughs> if, you're, um, if your own Farrell accent was a high point in the history of the show, that was a low point right there. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, we should press on. Lots to get Bro. to. So the news round. <laughs> the news round is brought to you as ever with thanks to Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Lads, I can't keep up. With all the sport, there is too much on at the moment. It yeah. is, um, it's pretty crazy. That's so, why we have Richie. There's more this evening. Yeah, there is. Everton looking to climb out of the Premier League's bottom three tonight, bro. Their opponents, Tottenham, playing for the first time since Antonio Conte's sacking. Can go third in the table, amazingly. Uh, the lineups are in for this one. Jordan Pickford is in goal for Everton. Seamus Coleman starts at right back. Captain's aside, he's in a back four, along with Michael Keane, James Tarkovsky and Ben Godfrey. In midfield then, Alex Awobi, Abdullah Dekore and Idrissa Gay with Ama- Amadou Onana and Dwight McNeil in support of false nine. Damari Gray. For Spurs, Hugo Lloris is back in goal. A back three then of Christian Romero, Eric Dyer, Clement Longley. Uh, across the midfield from right to left, it's Pedro Porro, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg and Oliver Skip and Ivan Perisic. Dejan Kulisevsky and Hyungman Son are in service to Harry Kane. Kickoff, bro, is at 8pm. Okay, there, stop there, now. Yeah, there is a <laughs> uh, whisper <clears throat> quietly, but Manchester United are abysmal again story developing. Oh my God. They were so bad yesterday. Yeah. Like, at one point, I thought they were going to get away with it. You know, when Newcastle were missing those chances and you're like, oh, this isn't going to be a story again because they're going to sneak a 1-0 win or draw nil all and it'll be just a non-story. We'll just move on. But they're absolutely shocking. Like And, like, they were... Were they that much worse against Liverpool than they were yesterday? On a I'm par. Not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was, was on 4-0. a par. They got away. In, yeah. in, in the way that they didn't get away with it, Liverpool, almost to a comical level, they really got away with it yesterday. Yeah. A lot of missed chances. De Gea made one of the like most unbelievable instinct uh, reflex saves I've seen in a long, long time. There was just a lot, just dominating, and it just a and Newcastle aren't the most. Uh, they're not the most like exciting attacking side, but they were cutting them open. Yeah, they were. You know, now, uh, I think they are improving slightly on that since Isak came back. But still, they're they're just they're not one of those teams, and they looked like it yesterday. So Jonathan Wilson in the Guardian said Manchester United two and a half times more likely to lose a game when Casemiro doesn't play. So they're still at that stage. Danny Murphy and I totally agreed with him last night. Was making the point that a fair proportion of blame does lie with Ten Hag set up he left Fred on the bench and he went with Scott McTominay pushed high on Bruno Camerej he had Bruno Fernandes on Sean Longstaff and Marcel Sabitzer on Joseph Willock so it was Bruno Fernandes and Sabitzer as the two <coughs> sixes at the base mm. neither of them see danger neither of them have a relationship neither like Bruno Fernandes was at his stroppy best again I would say hot in the heels of the Anfield debacle I mean he really learned his lesson he was at his stroppy best <laughs> again and Murphy was saying I mean 
you know, Fred is not the greatest player in the world, but at least you put him there at the base with McTominay, you're away from home. You know, it, it, it settles a ship which is a touch unsteady, but Gamiraj Longstaff will look completely ran over that Manchester United midfield. Yeah, Gamiraj is a great player, isn't he? Really good. Rashford is good. just he, gone off the boil again, and Anthony is not good enough. Doesn't look like it. No. And like Veghorst, the other thing is like, I know Veghorst is a short-term signing and it's not going to be reflective of Aaron Ten Hag's uh, entire tenure, right? But Anthony was a player he put his neck out for, right? And Veghorst was his answer to this num- need for number nine. And I remember saying at the time, it's like, like, we laughed when United were bringing in, when like, you, you know, you talked about like the dark old days and how kind of enjoyable in a weird way they were, even for, Thrilling. you know, a lapsed United fan, you yeah. know? But... You know, we did laugh at certain players that were brought in as not being like anywhere near the standard of Manchester United, but things were going well when the Veghorst decision was made. And I remember saying at the time, it's like, he's not good enough. He's not what United need, be it short term or not. Mm. They're better off getting a young player, maybe bringing through whatever, whatever it might be, uh, unearthing someone as opposed to someone who we know his limitations. And it's like, that's the rest of the season. United are far from guaranteed a Champions League spot, I would say. If Spurs go on any kind of a run yeah. in the post-Conte era, I would say they're probably unlikely almost at this stage. So, you know, I do think questions have to be asked about Ten Hag. Yeah. To to a point. I mean, it's it's generally much, much better. But they're only three points better off than they were this time last season is a sneaky stat. It's interesting. Consid- said, this is around the time they went in free fall last year, isn't it? <clears throat> Sorry, Rich. Yeah, I'd say, cons- I'd say consider their start as well from where they were and the points that they were dropping for fun at the start of the season and in the manner in which they were doing it. They have come on a long journey and it, like that run that they went on either side of Christmas was always bound to kind of grind to a, to a halt at some stage because they just they don't have the squad that's comparable to the likes of to Manchester City and a Liverpool at their best or or, a, or an Arsenal even at this stage and the Veghorst signing was one done just in terms of numbers and, and having to get a body in the door after Ronaldo left but um, I don't get the persistence in starting him um, because yeah, I'd say there's probably week, yeah. better yeah there's, there's better players that can operate in that you know trio behind Marcus Rashford that aren't starting for Manchester United at the moment and that's that's the point that would be confusing to me and would probably need a bit of explanation because I don't know. <clears throat> I just don't see how he would be better than somebody like Jaden Sancho or Anthony Alanga or uh, anybody else you want to mention that could operate in that wide position or in behind Marcus Rashford. It's um, it's an odd situation. They'll, they'll be, listen, they'll probably be fine um, and they'll probably end up getting Champions League football, but they might make it bumpy between now and then. Yeah. Like, uh, Jaden Sancho would have a similar boat, you know, just <clears throat> a bit like Anthony, no pace, you know, nothing that scary. Uh, anyhow, we'll press on. Lots of text coming in. For instance, does Mick only talk about Aston Villa when they're useless? Things are looking great currently, says Danny, a Villa fan. Sorry, we've no time. We have to push on. Richie. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, Limerick looks set to be without William O'Donoghue for Sunday's Allianz Hurling League final with Kilkenny. The midfielder has seen a one-game ban recommended by the CCCC after he appeared to make contact with the head of Tips, Alan Tynan, at the start of last week's semi-final. Meanwhile, Cork are to appeal the red card shown to full-back Alan Downey in their semi-final loss to Kilkenny. If his ban is upheld, Downey would miss Cork's Munster Hurling Championship opener with Waterford. Uh, Josh van der Flyer is a doubt for Leinster's Heineken Champions Cup quarter-final with Leicester. The flanker suffered an ankle injury in the win over Ulster and will be monitored this week. But Gary Ringrose will make his comeback on Friday, having not played since the Six Nations win over Scotland at Murrayfield. Caelan Doris will be assessed this week after also completing the return to play protocols. Leicester haven't won many plaudits for their style of play so far this season, but Leinster winger James Lowe knows how dangerous the Tigers can be. 
What do you? You can argue that they don't play too much rugby in the middle half of the field, and it's probably true. But I mean, the style of rugby—they're getting wins. They're they're finding a way to win without you know doing in taking too many risks. So um, you know, we need to understand what they're trying to do to us, and then hopefully turn it on its head. Um, you know, we we'll, we trained well today, and uh, we've got a pretty good idea of what they're going to do. And, um, I don't think they're going to stray too far from their very, very good maul, their good maul D and uh, the kickers that they've got across the park. So we're looking forward to it. It's a new challenge. And, um, you know, we're at home at the Aviva again, so nowhere else would rather be. Live and off the ball this Friday night, Oh, Joe? very good. Is there anything in a sentence you would like to say about Aston Villa? Rudely undercut you there. No, no, don't. Like it's, it, there's be plenty of time to talk about the Emery revolution over the course of the year, but <laughs> there won't. Well, there will because they're revolution. going to they're going to get them to Europe at this stage. Won, sorry, seven away games since Emery took over. Worst away record in the league uh, under Gerrard. Five wins, one draw, one defeat to Man City. Well, that that snuck under my radar. You know, yeah, that's good. Nobody talks about us. We're happy like that. Oh, is that? <laughs> uh, Keenan Sligo Richie won't talk Masters on a Monday but we'll get team news for a hurling league final on Sunday that's a fair bloody yeah. point you know second story yeah, as well but the, the field is determined for the Masters so it's grand yeah it's news it is going to be a super interesting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of Masters okay oh God. the live guys are in town oh yeah there is a champions dinner it'll be the leakiest champions, champions dinner of all time we'll be getting like it'll be like a Limerick or, or uh, not Limerick a uh, Donegal County board meeting. <laughs> live updates in real time. About There's no press inside the room. Exactly but... like a Donegal County board yeah. meeting. <laughs> things, what Phil has said to upset Tiger, etc. Um, There's a DJ press conference there already, I think. I'm after looking there? at the uh, the wire the wire feed. Yeah, um, it's only about four minutes long, which is probably uh, thankful for Dustin Johnson's press conference. But he yeah, there. won't say much, I, w- I, I wouldn't. <laughs> Think I presume oh, sure they're Phil bound by legalities and all that kind of stuff as well. To, I to, mean, to a point, I'd say Phil will find his way to a microphone <clears> one way or another. But so there is that. There is like, are the are the live guys going to be competitive? Brooks Kepka won the live event on Sunday. Mm. Does that mean anything? Cam Smith, if he hadn't gone to live, it'd be right up there with Scheffler, Ram, and Rory as instead of the big three, it would be the big four. But no one's seen Cam Smith play competitive golf aside from live in the last couple of months. So the extent to which they're in any kind of shape is hard to know. And then you've got Rory going for the Grand Slam and a billion other uh, yeah. quite interesting Nobody's even notes. talked about what Scotty Scheffler's going to serve at the dinner. Oh, it's yeah. been, it's, that was published uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was nice from memory. Okay. Yeah, it was. Now, people don't really generally care about anything Scotty Scheffler does outside the golf. It's amazing that a world number one defending champion can come in this under the radar. Yeah. And, and playing really well at the moment. Oh, yeah. As well. Like at the be- best golf since last year's Masters he's playing. In great form. Yeah. In great form. Uh, did Porrick Joyce ever lose a match where the ref wasn't to blame? Uh, could you explain why Colin Reap and Johnny Heaney collision was a black card and a penalty? By the time of the collision, was the ball not gone wide, says Anthony in Mayo. In Mayo. To be fair to Joyce, actually, to be fair to Joyce, Anthony, you have willfully misquoted him there because he said after querying the decision, he did 100% say, regardless, Mayo were the better team, they deserve to win. So he didn't blame the ref for losing. He's entitled to uh, query the the um, decision that's one of those weird ones where keeper comes out player comes out player gets ball first keeper destroys player like going back to the Schumacher days mm. and uh, like it's not like the player's ever going to get that ball that they've kicked and yet keeper can't be allowed to just come out and clear them 
But yeah. I, I did is, think it's a more, foul, a foul, regardless of where the ball is going. You know, we have yeah. these constant it, kind of I conversations. It was a bit more of a coming together than a yeah. foul, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And um, Reap was brilliant, by the way, as well, yeah. all the way through the game. You know, yeah. it looks like Mayo have, you know, they've <laughs> had the, they've had Henley and Clark there for 45 years at this stage, you know. So yeah. for them to find another keeper is another benefit of what's been an amazing league campaign for them. We'll talk to Colin Boyle very shortly. Rich, as I glance here at your news round, I see you have Kevin McStay as the next story. Uh, yes, indeed. The Mayo manager got his hands on his second piece of silverware in the Mayo job yesterday. Goalkeeper Colin Reap, as you mentioned, made a number of vital saves and indeed scored three points as Mayo beat Galway 14-11 at Crow Park to claim an 11th Allianz League title and overjoyed McStay spoke afterwards to Midwest Radio. I am. I really am. It's. Uh, I mean, you go into these finals with two options. You know, go home without it or go home with it. And sure, we all know what we wanted to do, but um, the opposition never say in, in 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 the destination as well. So I'm just so pleased that uh, when it was on the line, uh, we just showed that little bit more desire. I think to get our hands on the cup, and um, I think it's a, a very decent moment uh, in the evolution of the team. I really do. I think it's going to do a lot for them. I think come up here and they can compete with, you know, a team that's uh, highly spoken of in terms of rankings and so on. So we're really, we're really pleased, very satisfied with the day's work. Yeah. There was. Are you all going out in the sauce? No, we've got a championship game in five days. So you're quickly back into it. Dublin, meanwhile, Rich. Uh, yeah, they were crowned uh, Division 2 champions yesterday. They'll go up as winners there. Second half goals from Paul Mannion, Lorcan O'Dell, John Small and Killian O'Gara saw Desi Farrell's side complete a 4-6 to 11 point win over Derry in the opener at Crow Park. Uh, news from the Irish women's squad? Uh, yes, indeed. Lucy Quinn replaces the injured Lily Ag in the Republic of Ireland squad that travels to the United States. Ag has an ankle problem. The first two friendlies with the world champions takes place in Texas on Saturday before the sides meet in St. Louis on Tuesday week. Uh, some breaking rugby news as well tonight. Jordy Murphy is retiring at the end of this season at the age of 31. The Ulster flanker says the time is right to move on to the next chapter in his life. Murphy helped Leinster win a Champions Cup and three Pro 12 titles before leaving for Ulster in 2018. He was also part of the Ireland squad that won three Six Nations titles in the space of five years. Yeah, 31 quite young too. Yeah, bear. he's 32 in a couple of weeks but still, yeah, you feel like there could be another couple of years there but interesting career um, and like I suppose the biggest day I guess he was part of he was he was playing in Chicago like one of the most historic uh, games in Irish rugby history but yeah as, as Richie said like involved in three Six Nations winning titles like Murphy was one of those players that was always there or thereabouts on the Ireland team for yeah. a good few years you know yeah. um, probably never uh, someone that we always jumped on as like the, that first choice or whatever but there was a reason that coaches always had him either in the team or very close to it Just uh, final story Rich mm. Liverpool we mentioned on Saturday against City were comprehensively beaten they go again tomorrow they do indeed, and the Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp has admitted his past successes are keeping him in the job. Saturday's defeat to Manchester City leaves aside eighth in the Premier League table and ahead of tonight's or tomorrow night's trip to Chelsea. Klopp says he can't keep relying on his past glories. I'm here to deliver. I'm not here for, as I'm not here as a talisman or or whatever uh, or as a for murals on the on, on, on the house's walls. I'm here for to deliver. I know that 100. percent There's not I'm nothing else in my mind. But I know as well I'm still here because of what happened in the last few years. I don't like the fact that uh, that pretty much I have to rely on that. But is it right or not? We will see that in the future. But we have to. I'm fully in. So that's there's no doubt about. There's no doubt about. Um, but we have to sort it. 
we cannot just continue playing like we do from time to time. Not always, thank God, but from time to time, and that, that's not that's not allowed, really. And I, I'm I'm really disappointed about us. So, like of us that we that we that we do these kind of things, but it happened. So now it's the we have to find a way out, and that's what we are constantly working on. I mean, who knows what happens tomorrow? Chelsea, Liverpool, and then Arsenal are at Anfield on Sunday, half past four. Paul, who's watching on YouTube, says Brennan Rodgers has a big Spurs head in him. <laughs> I would like as a neutral I would like to see Rogers get one of these two jobs I think it would be brilliant for the game and for the discourse surrounding the game Okay, but it's not going to happen no. uh, Fountainstown Forlan did they play Freed from Desire and Crow Park yesterday they did not it was Molly Malone followed by the Green and Red and Mayo okay needs more gala yeah I'd say they're probably more still in the Black Eyed Peas era in Crow Park are they no <laughs> Yeah, uh, we are pretty much out of time. Uh, a few texts in on Graham Potter. Why didn't he take Chelsea to the cleaners? Yeah, I, I, this is a story I need to get to the bottom of. I do worry this is Graham Potter being an incredibly reasonable man. Like Conte took Chelsea for 25 million. Yeah. If you're sacking me, it's going to be that way. Whereas it seems there are reports of Todd Bowley's relief that they managed to shake hands on a not paying up the full contract kind of a situation. And if if... If I don't know, yeah. maybe there was a you know a clause five year contract. Yeah, there may well have been a clause which said, "Listen, if we have to sack you, then you're not getting the full five years." But if Potter has acquiesced in any way yeah. by just being a good person, I'm finished with him. <laughs> I'm finished with him if he has, because the club he's done as well. Like, how much money did they spend in January? They paid twenty million to Brighton for him, which was a world record. Brighton have done very well here. Brighton have to serve he had twenty million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so I, uh, details will emerge. I, I don't know if it's clause in contract or if Potter had said, yeah, no, look, I understand. Oh, you want to keep my staff? Yeah, look, I understand. <laughs> He's a fool. Well, hang on, we don't know. We don't if, know. If, 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 if. Sorry, if, that if, was a very big if. if. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you're knifing everybody here tonight. No, I'm, I'm not. I feel sorry for Graham Potter in general, but I hope he got what he was owed at least. Yeah. Uh, we are pretty much out of time. Michael, thank you very much. Richie, you know what tomorrow is? It's Masters Tuesday, so I want you to bring the goods. It's already. Richie's gone. Oh my god! Stuff to do his Masters research. Unbelievable. 